Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. This episode is brought to you by the Confident Woman Collective. If you've ever felt that you need more community of women that are ready to up-level both professionally, personally, relationally, then definitely make sure you hop in and get more information about the Confident Woman Collective to make sure you're surrounding yourself around the people to best serve you to help you become your most confident self. All right, ladies, today we have a guest joining us. We are chatting with Autumn Benset. She is a trauma specialist, uh, safe space facilitator, sovereign leadership coach who uses trauma healing, nervous system regulation, and embodiment to work with her clients and students to build a life anchored in self-belonging, cultivate healthy relationships and communication. And there's tons of good stuff I feel like we're going to talk about because I feel like just that enough right there is like a lot to unpack because who doesn't have some traumatic things to deal with and work through? I think a lot of us in life have all these things, but we either don't know it, don't acknowledge it, or don't know how to work through it. So sounds like that's where you come in and yeah. just unpack it all. So thanks for hanging out <laughs> with us. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that we're ready to go through. So tell us how you kind of got into that kind of that space of working with women specifically. And yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again just so much for having me on. Um, I'm really excited to have this conversation and support your community with this conversation. What got me into this, it's interesting because it I never expected myself to get into the work of trauma. I started in my entrepreneurial journey about eight years ago. And I started as a health coach. Um, I had an online business and then I moved into personal training and group fitness. And so I did a lot of in-person work where I was always connecting with all sorts of folks in that capacity. I had started a online t-shirt company and just through my entrepreneurial endeavors, I started to, there's of course like little mini parts of my journey that are so vast around jobs that I left and all of those little pieces, but just to keep it nice and short and sweet for you guys, I ended up starting to work with some different business coaches, learn a lot more about how to take my passions, turn it into something that I could do online. And so I started to transition into supporting a lot of different people with their business. And I worked with a lot of new entrepreneurs that were coming from really the ground up. They were, they didn't have businesses in the past or they were just within network marketing and they were looking to do something more and take some of their skills and their knowledge and their information and move it into something that gave them more freedom, more possibility, and they could kind of take and run with it and put their stamp on it. And so I did that for quite a while. And I was really supporting a lot of entrepreneurs more on the strategy side of running a business. But what I started to realize, and there's kind of two sides to this story of what led me here. This side was I was working with my clients so much and we were doing amazing things, right? We were doing building brands and programs and offerings, and they were putting their name out there and their face out there. And they were really moving ahead and, and actualizing what it is that they wanted to do. But no matter what, I started to see the same cycles happen with yeah. entrepreneurs, the burnout, the, the money scarcity, the money survival, fear of being seen, 
once they kind of started getting some traction and, and growing more, it was really hard to sustain and hold. And so these same patterns I seen come up. And for me, that felt really, I had this conscious integrity where was, there was something more that I could see there. And I really wanted to support them as fully as I could. And I knew that like what I think the direction that I was going wasn't quite the whole piece of the puzzle. And there was something else there that had I known or could I figure out, maybe I could support them to do this in a way that was a lot more sustainable. And it wasn't this constant cycle that they were always in. And then the other side of it, well, I was building my business in 2018. I had hired a coach and I had invested the most I ever did at that point. And the day that I invested into her, I had found out that I was pregnant <laughs> and it was within the state, like hours of each other. I invested, I pushed the button two hours later, I took a test found out and I went into like 48 hours of panic. Like I was like, what did I just do? I made $200 the month beforehand and I just went into so much shock. I did all like my partner wasn't even home from work yet at this point. I found out I was pregnant and I invested in something that he didn't know I invested into. And so it was just a lot like at one time. And so I took that first, like the nine months that I was pregnant and I ended up building my business to a six figure business. And so that was, you know, on paper, it sounds really wonderful. Right. But it wasn't until I was going into my second year, which I almost doubled the income and the revenue. But that whole second year when my daughter was one, when she was going into her like first year, I suffered so much postpartum anxiety and so much postpartum depression. And I had been working with this coach and really hooking into a lot of, I feel like in, with hindsight, right. In from, you know, knowing now perspective, a lot of programming, a lot of behaviors, a lot of patterns that were ultimately a trauma response. They were things that I was in a state of survival beforehand. I was coming from a place of like, I want to belong. I want to be accepted. I want to be the girl that can sit at the, the, the table of all the cool kids online. And I want to be, I want, I want to be able to be at their table. You know, like that was just something that in business, you always heard, like, get at the right tables, get in the right rooms. And so there was this part of me that felt like, well, if I invest into the right people, if I pay to be at their tables, then I'm going to belong and I'm going to be. And I didn't know this consciously at the time, but it put me into a state where I was so disconnected from my pregnancy and I was so disconnected from my body. And I was working literally right up into the moment that I pretty much gave birth. And I took one week off before I was servicing my 15 clients I had at the time and starting to run new programs and courses and all of the things. And I was just, I was breaking down my business. Although for the first bit, it was increasing, it started going down because I couldn't hold it anymore. I was so tired and I didn't know how broken I was really feeling inside. I couldn't really admit to all of that because then it would mean, well, something has to change here. I can't hold all of these plates anymore. I have to kind of admit that there's something else going on underneath the surface. There was like a lot of grief that I had, you know, gone through years past with family members passing away, but not really having the spaciousness or the knowing of how to be with that grief that I had suppressed. And so there were just a lot of things, life changes going from maiden to mother and not giving my body in that time to allow myself to be with that and really 
understand what was happening. So there was just so much at the time. But unfortunately, the problem when I was working with this coach, and I'm not going to make it a you know problem on her by any means, there were just things that I didn't know I needed. And the support wasn't really um, in alignment with what I think I needed at the time, because I really needed to slow down. But there was this pressure to keep speeding up. There was there was so much money on the line. There were so many eyes on me. And there were a lot of people that were looking up to me as being a mom somebody who was pregnant and scaling her business, people were taking this as a good thing. And I felt like I had to backtrack for a long time and be like, this actually was really not a supportive, nourishing thing to do. And so I went through some trauma within the coaching industry from that past coach that I had had, just from things that I had experienced within our time together, things that happened when I kind of exited out of that relationship And then through that, I ended up meeting and knowing um, the woman that I went through the certification with, and her name is Melissa Lapidas, and she's a psychotherapist. She's been doing this work for 15 years. And so I had some friends that had already moved through her certification and had been integrating into their work for a while, and I really loved just who they were as human beings. I love seeing the work that they are facilitating. I loved how they are weaving this in. The language felt nourishing. The, the spaces felt good. And it just started to click and make sense for me. And so it wasn't really until I started going into the certification and, and having a container and a space that could hold my traumas that I was actually able to see that there was so much more underneath the surface that I wasn't recognizing when it came to my business. It came to my clients. It came into my patterns, my relationships, my communication, like all the pieces, boundaries, Mm -hmm. like money, all this stuff that I... I couldn't understand because I had tried all the things I had done all the mindset work. I had done all the manifestation. I'd worked with all the coaches, done all the programs, courses, podcasts, like I had done it all, but there was still something that I couldn't quite figure out. Like, why am I still in this state or why are these behaviors or patterns still repeating themselves? And when I was able to get into that room, I realized that there was so much more from my childhood and a lot of things just from past relationships and just being a young girl that I never really had the opportunity to validate or to bring up or to grieve. And so it really just kind of gave me that opportunity to know a lot more about me, to heal my own traumas, to really be with um, something that was so much deeper (laughs) than I really realized it was for such a long time. And yeah, that's, it's a long winded story, but hopefully that kind of answers how I got here. Yeah. There's so much stuff in there that I'm like, me too. (laughs) Me too. But I, I love that too. And especially when you're talking about being able to dig deeper into yourself because I literally just bought this journal. So it's funny that you said it because it's like, I just read it. It was like the worst thing about knowledge is a little bit, especially when it comes to yourself and you only know yourself a little bit. Like we don't really dive deep sometimes into ourselves because that can be really scary (laughs) to face things we don't want (laughs) to admit or whatever. And so I feel like there's a lot to unpack with all the things you just said, especially (laughs) like I relate a lot to what you were talking about, like becoming a mother, because I felt like I had a baby on 2020 and Mm. we'll have another one next month. (laughs) But I felt like after having a baby, it was like, you have to keep being you and like, you know what I mean? Like not give yourself that time to like grow into becoming a mother and realizing how important that is because you're trying to keep up with your life before and don't know how to let go of that. And like, yeah, I like, I get that a lot. 
where I'm at. So, so you got me with that. But so let's talk about then like your clients that you work with. And there are a lot of like, are they all business owners or just like anybody that's just trying to work through deal with? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of both. I definitely work. I find it's mainly just because it's been the space that I've been in for such a long time is a lot of business owners. I am one. So I really understand them. I understand what they go through, but I also work with a lot of moms who don't necessarily have a large presence or a really big business, maybe like a little side thing that they'll have, but their primary role is raising their children at home. I also work with women that are in their careers in corporate. Like I have, I have clients that are writers. I've had clients that are like in comedy. I've had um, clients that are in real estate. So somewhat like of their own business, but I definitely, like I've worked with all different types of folks that are, because at the, at the end of the day, it doesn't really, it doesn't matter so much about what it is that they do because when they come into this space, Right. What I realize is that, and it always becomes evident that even if they're coming in and they're saying it's because of their business or they're, they're wanting support in that way, they want to be more visible or it has to do with their relationship or their marriage or their career or money or whatever that, that thing is that they think that if they have it, they'll feel more whole or they'll feel happier or they'll feel more secure. It's always something that has to do with their childhood or something that they haven't yet processed or sat with or allowed themselves to kind of expand their window of tolerance. I just want to commend you on all that stuff because I really resonate with all that, even through my own personal journey. Um, And I think being in an online space and especially being an entrepreneur, it can feel pretty isolating and alone. And especially if you haven't taken the time to look inside and do the inner work, you could feel even more remotely alone, like you're on a whole island and that people just don't get you. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like it's such a nuanced conversation and I feel like it's this, what I've really learned through my healing process of what happened in that experience is it really is this two-way street. Like we have a responsibility as space holders, as coaches to be ethical. We have a responsibility to be integral. We have a responsibility to, you know, really do our practices and run our business in a way that is safe because our intention here is to be a healer and to be a support person and to bring more good, right? than we do harm. And so there is this level of like, Cause I've had to do this for myself. Like I've had to be brutally honest with myself. And that's where a lot of this came from because there were certain practices or things that maybe I felt personally for me were dangerous or maybe weren't supportive or weren't maybe facilitated in the best way that they could have been. And also I still recognized that whether I needed that lesson for me, you know, that was something that was from who I was needing to become for the the type of work it is that I wanted to do. I had to have that kind of awareness. If it was that it's not necessarily wrong, like who am I to decide what's right or wrong? You know, Mm -hmm. I can have my perception. I have what I think is right for me. I have what I believe is integral. I have what I believe is ethical, but I still can't decide that truth for somebody else. So there's a level of this like wave of like grief. I kind of had to go through of like anger and, and denial and frustration and like deep sadness because there's this relationship that had to be broken off. 
And there was like a truth I had to come to within myself for me to find a piece, a place of acceptance. So I really could kind of like let go and, you know, move forward from a place of love and not hang on to that. Cause that's, that's the part that doesn't serve me because then I move from a place of anger and I want to move from a place of um, peace and, and support and nourishment. Yeah. And I think it's so important too, because even when those moments come up where you feel like triggered, like somebody said something or did something, you know, so, so immediately, right. So like, if we haven't done that inner work, we're going to be very immediately reactive and defensive. And we're going to put that all on them. Like, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they, 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 right. Mm -hmm. But then when you take a moment to pause, it's like that trigger is now your next assignment it becomes that deeper level. Like, why was I so triggered? Why did that bother me? And so I think for me, when those, those areas come up and I get challenged by that, cause I've, you know, people have said some stuff like not, not on their behalf, like they're just talking through conversation. Yeah. I'm thinking, how dare they say that? And they're just innocently just carrying on with the conversation. They have no idea that that penetrated through something that I still have an issue that I need to work on. So it's kind of cool when you look at it, you know, come a full circle like that. It's like, oh, so when that triggers you, you take a pause. And then you look inside and say, oh, that was a lesson. Now I have to go, you know, work on that inner healing. And so I think, you know, kind of going back to some of those examples that you had mentioned earlier with just different coaches and the, your own journey and everything like that, how did it, so I assume like when those things happened to you, that's where you did some self-reflection and internalization. It was like, okay, now if I felt this way, I can't be alone. Clearly there's other women who are also struggling with this. This is what I want to bring into these new layers and business that I want to build. So I could serve these women at my highest capacity in a safe space, in a container where I'm attracting like-minded women who also share similar yet different stories and different uh, paths, but yet they all need these core fundamental elements. Right. And that's what you teach inside all the work that you do. Right. So I guess that would be inside your emotional alchemy class as well. As well. Yeah. So what's interesting actually is when I went through all of this, I went through first like this phase of kind of guilt and sadness. And I was, you know, cause these are things that I passed on they were things that I played a part in probably doing to another person, another client that I had a good heart and good intention. And I still believe that so much of the work that I had done with my clients was powerful. But of course there's that lens of like, well, if that maybe impacted me in a way that harmed me, maybe that impacted one of my clients that way too. So there was a level of um, shame and judgment and guilt that I had to go through healing and being really honest with myself about and taking responsibility for the decisions that I made for the way I may have unknowingly impacted somebody. And it's not that anybody ever came up to me really and said anything, but it would, it, this was just in my own personal reflection. And so it wasn't actually until I started integrating all of this work into my business and just shifting the conversations that I would start to have some of my clients open up. And so some of my clients would start to open up with to me and say, oh, I've had a similar experience. Oh, I've had something like that happen to you. Oh, you know, and so they started opening up, but it wasn't really initially that I thought, oh, I'm going to be able to help other people that have gone through this because I honestly didn't know if other people had, I really wasn't sure if other people experienced this kind of thing with other coaches, with a similar coach, with another mentor, with somebody that they had 
in a position that they trusted and looked up to. And so it wasn't really until I started opening up and I shared about these experiences and I never did so in a way, like I've never personally like publicly put a name out there of, of who anybody was, but I just, through my stories and through just sharing the experiences, my learnings, my lessons, and really just focused in like being the embodiment of what I want to create. So it's more about like anchoring into the good, anchoring into the vision that I have, anchoring into how we get there versus really like heavily focusing on the pain and like the, this, the sad story of what had happened because I felt like I've, I've alchemized and I've really been able to be with that. But once I've been able to kind of share a little bit about that publicly, then my clients and people who had some of that, I think started to identify more than anything. Oh, I think I've had that happen too. And this is the thing that's really interesting is when you've put a lot of trust into somebody that you've invested into, it doesn't matter if it's a therapist, it doesn't matter if it's a coach, like somebody that you kind of put on this pedestal of sorts as a mentor, somebody you're going to learn from, there's a level of like trust that you put into this person and it can feel really deceiving. It can feel really hard when you come out of these relationships. It can be really hard to admit that there's maybe something wrong, you know, and of course you can take self-responsibility and also it's being able to acknowledge that there was something wrong within the relationship. Maybe you didn't feel seen. Maybe you didn't feel heard. Maybe you weren't met where you needed to be. Maybe you were bypassed. Like maybe there were certain things that did cause harm and it can feel really hard for at least I've experienced my clients to come into a place of acceptance with that and owning that because then they have to deal with that, right? Then they have to deal with, well, I've made, I've invested this much money and I've incurred this much debt and that feels really hard. I've maybe built my whole business, you know, on the back end of foundations that I don't stand for anymore. And, and what does that look like for me to kind of burn that all down? And that was something I had to do. I had to burn everything down that I didn't align with. I had to release a lot of clients, let it all go. So then I could rebuild everything up in a way that actually aligned with my values and with what I stood for and what mattered to me with a new lens. Right. And I think that's so important. We think that it might just be an easy fix or easy way out, but the truth is doing the inner work is never a quick fix overnight thing. And, no. you know, like you said, you, you rebuilt it. And I think for me, even the way I reframe that is, uh, you know, I basically wiped the slate clean. It's wiped everything that, you know, if we look at it from like Apple, right? So an iOS, so your iOS processor always needs updating because there's new bugs or fixes or something like that on your phone. So it's like, okay, so if you were to reset everything, you get back the foundational pieces of your iPhone. And it's like, then you can pick and choose which things you want to apply for your, to your iPhone. And so when, when I had to do all that inner work as well, I basically was just like reset, reset the factory settings and got to pick and choose whatever things I wanted to now bring into my own life. And, and I love that because it's like, you know, we can sift through all of that stuff that we've been carrying through our, our whole life, but you get to pick and choose. And that's the beauty of it is like, what no longer serves you, you don't have to take with you into this future version that you want to create. And that's the beauty of having an identity, right? You can recreate and reinvent yourself as many times as you want to. But if we haven't gone back to the foundational pieces, we're just going to keep carrying around a bunch of just heavy stuff that just really isn't ours anymore. So I think it really makes sense because we have to look at our lives with a fine tooth comb and just, you know, first of all, how did we get here? Like, who is the version that I want to be? 
And what do I need to do today to move closer to that woman I'm destined for? And so if we look back at our past, those things served us temporarily. Like I said earlier with, uh, you know, we find different ways of coping. Are they healthy? No. So, you know, those are the choices that we've, we've had. So like, for me, it was like burnout. I would overwork because it was also a way for me to distract and disconnect. So I use my work as a means of, okay, everything else could be chaos, but I will bury myself in here as a form of distraction and ignore all the things that actually I need to address and, you know, discount the fact that, yeah, they're heavy, they're ugly, they're scary, they're messy. But in this coping mechanism is where I could find this comfort and the certainty and the security. And I think that's what we're looking for. But yet, is my overworking healthy? You know, that's something I have to define, right? I mean, I think I believe that there's a time and a place for certain things, but if that's your default setting, it probably isn't ideal. And so I think it's just really important to take a look at our lives and address and be honest with ourselves, brutally honest. And we have to ask those hard questions and answer them with honesty and conviction because nobody could do that for you. Yeah, this is a really common coping mechanism and skill and, and response pattern that I actually see with a lot of my clients. A lot of my clients, they overwork, they burn themselves out and they are hyper productive. So they are always usually the people that on the outside are the most successful. They are, they've thrived since childhood, whether it was dance or sports or their academics. And they were always really successful right away. And it was just something that came very easy to them. They spent a lot of time. um, They were completely devoted to it and dedicated to it. And so this is actually one of the hardest things for people to notice because it's so celebrated externally. Mm -hmm. It's so celebrated by your family, your peers, social media. When you're working hard and you're excelling and you're moving up the corporate ladder, you're working really hard, you're busy, you're, you're cheered on, you know, people clap for you. They celebrate you. They're like, wow, you're such an inspiration. And so it makes it really challenging For people to be able to get into a place of going, is this healthy or not? Because it feeds so much of their belonging and their worthiness and their identity and their enoughness, just as much as it's also serving as a coping mechanism to keep them from feeling what they need to feel. They're like, why would I slow down, have to feel all that and lose this sense of like belonging and worth? that I get from other people, like, then I'm going to look lazy. My family's not going to be proud of me. People aren't like, and so it's, that's one of the hardest ones that I find for people to really acknowledge and be with because it's so outwardly praised. Yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that's, you know, something to really look at and, and you know, finding some of that balance. Cause it's like, yeah, we still want, we still want to be, you know, clapped on and cheered for and all that stuff. And, you know, laughed, laughed at for their jokes or whatever they are, because it's like, Oh, somebody saw me. Oh yes. They noticed me. Oh yeah. So I'm going to keep doing those things because inside you just feel so unseen and unheard and unvalidated when that's the true thing of really what you want, but yet is the external giving you the same, same reward and fulfillment inside of that. Those are the things that you're really longing for. So it's like, when you turn inward, you're like, yeah. So, okay. How can I find ways that are healthy and maybe find a balance in between that? So it's for me, I, like for the, the overworking, it was something I did forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Right. Like it was just nonstop until the point of just like, 
damn, I'm just hitting burnout. Like this is not, this isn't sustainable. This isn't life. And, uh, you know, and even my book behind me chasing perfection, like that was the goal, like just keep chasing. There's something you're, you know, you're finding your worth and identity in that chase, but yet what are you actually chasing? And so when you stop to look at the chase, the chase is actually the, the, the voids that you're trying to fill inside. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, this is such a cool conversation because I think, you know, many of us don't really take that pause. And even if we do take that pause, believe me, those lessons will keep showing up in different areas of your life. So it's not like you ever just like overcame and you're like, I've arrived, I've managed this and I've overcome it. And therefore I'm awesome. And I don't need any more refinement or work. And it's like, no, you just maybe got past that one pop quiz. There's going to be a next one and a next one. And you don't actually know the full assignment. You don't, you don't, we're not handed a syllabus when we come into this world. And I think just the, the journey itself of life is self-discovery and really getting to know you to, to that soulful, that spiritual being in this human existence. I like to remind my clients as well that, you know, we're not projects, you know, we don't need to constantly be fixed. We don't always have to be seeking for something to, you know, be taken care of something else we have to like refine something else we have to tweak. And also like, we're always, we're human beings, right? We're always going to be evolving. We're always going to be hitting different edges. We're always going to probably be approaching new layers that are asking for our support and are asking for us to be more compassionate or gracious with or understanding or to learn from and be like, look, what are you popping up here for? Like, what can I give you? Um, for you to feel more seen, for you to feel more heard, because that's really like when I, when I feel like these things are coming up, there's this inner child or there's this past version of us, because this can be really until yesterday's version of you. Like maybe there is a version of you yesterday that really needs support. And so I, I feel like anytime we're getting these pings, there's a version of us somewhere inside of us that's seeking something that is needing something. Mm-hmm. Um, And so it's finding this beautiful balance of like us allowing ourselves to also live our liberation now, live our wholeness now, live in levity and goodness now, right? Because it's like, then what are we doing all this for? Like, what are we, what are we doing all this healing for if we never allow ourselves to experience the joy or the presence or the arrival on the other side of it? You know, there has to be kind of this place we allow ourselves to get into as well and being like I can be here right now and know I'm whole and know I'm healed and know I'm good and there's nothing more I need and if I approach tomorrow and something comes up I'm fully equipped to be with that you know it's like allowing ourselves to kind of dance in between the two so then we also feel a sense of arrival we do fi- find a sense of peace a, a, a sense of like it is safe for me to slow down and really be here and live my life here right now versus almost like being on kind of like constant surveillance mm-hmm. of ourself of always looking at like what else is kind of popping up that I can feel that I can change because then that's something where we're being very, very hard on ourselves, you know, and I have a very like approach of compassion and grace, you know, with our human experience, because we are, we're all just like humans. <laughs> we're just trying to get through the day and be good people and serve the world and serve our loved ones and show up and just give so much love to other people. And, you know, sometimes we have our stuff come up and we've had harm done to us and, 
you know, there's just things that we have to approach through life that are really challenging. And sometimes we don't respond the way that we want to, but can we offer up more compassion and grace to the person that we are right now and a past version of us, whoever's coming up and maybe we'll explore that a little bit more. And I find that, especially for my clients, it gives them this, like, like this breath of fresh air because they finally feel like, okay, I have done a lot of work and I have shown up for myself and also I can be here right now. And, and there's like this permission slip of sorts of like, they can go live and breathe. And then, you know, cause inevitably we all know the next thing's going to come up. <laughs> it always does. Um, it's just like living within the two. Right. Yeah. And I, and I love that, you know, it's, a. Uh just being in that present moment and taking in what is it that you really need. And like I said earlier, sometimes those things that, you know, aren't necessarily healthy might serve in that moment. So it's not like you're reassess your life under a microscope kind of thing. Some things are, are meant temporarily just for those moments, you know, but when it becomes something that's not aiding you in the future version that you want, that's something that you, you, um, to really question as to how it got there. And that's where some of that inner uh, healing work comes from. But yeah, I think this conversation is really something that one, I'm very passionate about, you know, looking inward and doing that healing work. And it's probably one of the biggest gifts I've ever given myself. It's not to say it's easy because it's not easy. It's just, it becomes more of condition as to who you are. So you become less reactive and more more proactive because now you're equipping yourself with the insight and knowledge and uh, tools and resources to really combat things that come up that could actually hinder you or bring you back to a former version that you don't necessarily want to be. So I, I really like this conversation. And I think that what you're doing with your work is so needed. And, you know, it's something that not many women are just going to be like, yeah, I'll put my name first on the list. I'm, I'm there. It's, you know, it's, it's not a hard yes. And, and it was not a hard yes for me when I said, um, maybe. I, I'm not real sure. And it was like in that pause in that moment, I was just like, well, the fact that if I had a question, it should be a hard yes, but it's, you know, nobody likes to be the first one to go through the things that you have to go through that got to you to where you're at. And that caused you still some trauma and pain. It's not like yeah. you're going to volunteer to go relive that, but yeah. you have to, right? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Amen. Right. It's uh, not it's, my favorite. Yeah. Nobody's going to say, yeah, that looks like an awesome pile of hot mess. <laughs> I'll be first to jump in and I'll tell you how awesome it is. So I'd love to learn more about how people can find you, uh, learn from your work, be in touch with you, all the, all the goods, give us all the details. Cause we're going to add all this to the show notes. Yeah, of course. And I just want to touch on that super briefly because you're right. It's, it's not easy. It's simple. I always tell my clients it's simple, especially the method that I take in my work. It's something that they can always take and live with forever. Um, And that's always the goal because of taking a trauma-informed approach is where you're equipping your clients and your students to be able to live far beyond your time together and your work together and still feel resourced and still feel able to show up for themselves, right? Where we're not creating a codependent relationship. And that can be really challenging was part of the thing that I did experience with the past mentor, right? There was this codependency created within the relationship and I didn't feel equipped 
when I went off on my own. And again, there were certain things that I probably needed that I didn't know that I needed at the time, which made it difficult. (laughs) You know, for me, I couldn't get them from that space. But um, that's a really important piece for me that when I'm working with clients, and that's something to look for, you know, if anybody's looking to do this work, it's really important to find somebody that you feel one really safe with, and somebody that can foster the kind of relationship that you want to have with other people in your life. And so an important part of working with me or working with somebody who maybe does work similar to me is that in this container, you actually cultivate what a secure relationship is. And I get to model that for you and hold you in your fullness. So there's not a part of somebody that I'm going to, they're going to bring to the table and I'm going to have a, you know, an inner reaction because I have something that I haven't healed where that can happen a lot when we're in coaching containers. If we have not yet done our own trauma work, we only have our window of tolerance, right? Of what we can hold for another person is only in a certain place because, you know, whether it's ethically or our body will start to like shut down, we'll start to dissociate. We'll like have a trigger activate within us. Um, We might not be able to go into certain realms with certain people. And so a big part for me is being able to make sure that I can always hold what somebody's going to bring to the table and stay attuned to my body So then they can co-regulate with me. So then when they're having an activation, they're having something come up, they're having a trauma response, we get to rectify that, right? We get to resolve it and move it somatically through their body. And in a way where they don't come into the container and get, have me get angry or have me yell at them or have me abandon them or have me give them, give them a weird look, things that they would experience. No, we have experience from our family or our friends. Um, I've even had people have those kinds of experiences with therapists, different things like that in the past. And so we get to cultivate a really beautiful, safe relationship. And that's an important piece that it's hard to explain on a sales page. It's hard to, you know, put into words in anything because it, that's one of the, the most important pieces is having a foundation of a relationship. So then when you move forward into any of your friendships and into any of your mentorship and then in your romantic relationships, you know what it's like to be seen and heard. You know what it's like to show up for yourself, to be validated, to supported, to, to have compassion and grace given to you when you're in your human experience. And so when you have that, it becomes the standard, right? You become, okay, I know what I need and I can communicate that to you. I can communicate that to my partner. I can communicate that to my friend. And you can start to establish the kind of boundaries that meet you more of where it is that you need because you know yourself. And so how people can really get into my space or how to work with me, I do have a free meditation embodiment practice that people can do. And this is a really good place to start because this allows you to just start to get into your body. It starts to get you to start to notice your sensations, what you're feeling and how to be with that. And so this is something that you could do pretty much every day. If you are really wanting to start to connect with your body, it's free. You can just sign up for it. It's on my website, but it's also on like the link in my bio and my Instagram. And so all like the things is just at autumnbenset.com. My offerings, my programs, there is a waitlist for emotional alchemy that won't be. Um, the next cohort will be in the fall. And I'll have some other like offerings and things I usually share on my page or my stories. I also have a membership site. So there's somewhere that they can definitely link into. That's not a huge commitment of time or energy or anything like that. A huge portal full of resources. And I have my podcast liberation. If they have any to dive into any extra conversations, some more resources around trauma, some more in depth, because there's so much (laughs) to talk about that. It's really hard to put it into like a, 
45 or even a 60 minute podcast. (laughs) There's like probably 10 different conversations we could have gone to here. So if they want a little bit more information about that, they can definitely go listen there. Well, absolutely. Yeah. It's not like something you can just succinctly put into a, you know, a shortened version of a podcast or succinctly add to your landing page (laughs) that speaks to everyone. Cause it's like, you know, how do you, how do you convey that, you know, one's experience through your own lens and think that that's going to resonate with everyone. Right. So, yeah, it's so, so true. Like you have to be in the space and, and you, it sounds like you've created multiple spaces and multiple um, ways to really, really impact and help empower and change lives. And, and that, that's through your work and the safe containers that you do to really get down to the root of, you know, what is holding people back from, you know, really living a life that they're created to be. So of course, we're going to put all that in the show notes. So we just want to thank you for being our guest. This has been an incredible Mm -hmm. conversation as well. And just uh, like I said, your work is very needed. And the more that we could spread this and help help others and, and transform their lives from the inside out, I feel like that's really the purpose here. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was so lovely to be in conversation with you. Thank you for having me on. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. Um, For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's the Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Erin underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.